Jesus raises a widow's son. Soon afterwards, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, Don't cry. Then he went up and touched the bier they were carrying him on, and the bearers stood still. He said, Young man, I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. They were all filled with awe and praised God. A great prophet has appeared among us, they said. God has come to help his people. This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. Wonderful. Well, we continue on our series of love. Uh, We've been talking about love for about uh, the last four weeks now uh, as we head into, of course, the Purpose Driven Life next week. Uh, But love. And specifically today, I wanted to talk about Jesus and his actions the things that Jesus did, and ask that question, was love central to everything that Jesus did? Was love truly central to every single action Jesus carried out? And it's important when we think about it, because as we saw last week, for those that weren't here, Psalm 136, we talked about how God's love endures forever. God's love lasts. And so it is significant that love is central to Jesus. And I think we all can relate to the idea about more than just words. There's this idea of walking the talk, as we say sometimes. That there's this idea that we can have all sorts of words, we can say all sorts of things, Sometimes we can put the um, image on, we can put the, uh, the outfit on or the uh, look, look the part, but then reality comes. As we live life out, are we truly walking in what we're saying? Are we walking the talk, so they say? Because as we start living life and doing things, the truth shines out. And it sort of shows up whether we are authentic or whether we're not. Whether it is a show or whether what's going to happen is truly in our hearts. Walking the talk, so to say. So Jesus, did he walk the talk? Did he do acts of love throughout his life? So here we see a picture of a healing miracle. uh, One where Jesus... Uh, spat on the ground, made some mud, and he rubbed it on a blind man. He told him to go wash in the pool. um, uh, uh, And as he went, of course, and washed himself, his eyesight was recovered. A miracle he could see. Jesus, of course, his words have all been about love and about good things from God. And here he is recovering the sight of a blind man. Would we say that love was central? Yes, a healing miracle. I think any healing miracle. Uh, There's one unique blind man healing is Mark chapter 8, where Jesus spits on a man's eyes. You might remember this one. It's a two-stage process. He opens his eyes up first of all, 
Um, Jesus gets some spit, rubs it on his eyes. And he says, I can see, but it's like there's trees. People are walking around as trees. And then the second time, he's completely healed uh, as Jesus works that miracle. Uh, But there are many healing miracles in the Bible where Jesus physically heals people. There was a need. Jesus works and we say, wow, love is central. But there's other things in the Bible uh, about Jesus. Uh, One that we might say, well, is love really central to what's going on? Jesus walking on water. Um, And I'm thinking specifically here of Matthew 14. Jesus left crowds um, to go and pray. So why was Jesus away from his disciples? He was off praying, which is a good thing. He was seeking God. He had a love for God. And then three o'clock in the morning, storms come up. The disciples are trying to get across the water through the night and they get into trouble. The wind and the waves, it is uncomfortable on that water. And then in their trouble comes this figure. They think it's a ghost across the water. But it's Jesus walking across that water. They get a bit worried, but then when they realize it's Jesus, their hearts are assured. And Peter is even bold enough to say, well, can I step out on the water? He starts to walk out on the water, trusting, looking at Jesus, but then he takes his eyes off Jesus and he starts to sink into the water. Help me, he cries. Jesus reaches out uh, his hand and he saves him from that situation. Jesus gets in the boat and the wind calms down. And the disciples say, you really are the son of God. Faith is being developed. Was love central once again? I would argue yes, because people were putting their trust in God through what was taking place in this situation. Jesus was helping a need of the disciples. They were in distress. Love was once again central to what was going on. A well-known one, feeding the 5,000. Was there a need? Absolutely, a great need. 5,000 people, uh, or the count says that there were 5,000 men, could have been a lot more than 5,000, women and children as well. Uh, And it says that uh, uh, they were in need. They'd been listening to Jesus, they were hungry. Jesus didn't just send them away hungry, he responded in love. With just, well, you can tell me, how much did Jesus have to work with from that boy? Exactly, well done. So little. And yet from that, he fed the crowd. It was a miracle. He blessed them um, and they had a feel from God. Was love central to what was taking place that day? Yeah, absolutely. And I think we all can probably say, yep, I can see love in that. But what about when we turn to pages of the Bible, and there's lots of them, where Jesus rebukes those religious leaders? Some of them were seeing miracles, and they were turning around and calling Jesus evil, that he was working for the evil one. What was going on there? What was happening? Was this an act of love, where Jesus turns around and calls them, you brood of vipers? Not the kindest words, you might say. But you wouldn't say that necessarily around the dinner table. But you've got to get the context. These were supposed to be people that knew God and loved God and were supposed to be taking people to God. And here they had Jesus in their midst and they were calling him evil and putting him down. And so we see Jesus 
challenging them back with the truth. They were trying to challenge Jesus and say, you're of insignificance or I think you're actually evil. And Jesus turns around with the truth. And the truth is confronting. Here we see Jesus loving with the truth. So I would argue that this is still a loving act from Jesus. Jesus desires that that all people can go to heaven, including these leaders who have lost their way. And so the, the point of challenging with the truth was so that they might turn turn to God from where their hard hearts were. So love was central. And we might say, well, is there a place to do that today? I think yes. True love goes to truth. We won't just be on the surface and kind. Sometimes we have to actually challenge people with the truth when we recognize it. That we make sure that truth is central. Another one from our Bible reading. Jesus raises a widow's son. This incredible scene in this town of Nain. Would we say love was central to that scene? This amazing miracle where there was a funeral going on. This is like an incredible scene. A a whole crowd was there at this funeral, mourning, uh, particularly for this widow, because her future was very bleak. Um, She had no one left in her family to help support her. She was on her own, and her only son has passed away. She was going to be in incredible need going forwards, and there was no welfare system in place in those days. She was going to have it tough. She was mourning, the crowd was mourning. She was going to need help from other people moving forward. Jesus has a crowd within him, around him, sorry, traveling into this town, and these two crowds meet in this amazing scene. And uh, we see what's taking place in the heart of Jesus in these verses. We see the incredible need in verse 12. This large crowd with her in the funeral. And verse 13 When the Lord, this is Jesus, saw her, his heart went out to her and he said, don't cry. Jesus had a heart connection. He saw what was going on and he had a deep compassion for this genuine need. He said, don't cry. And he responded with incredible love. Because as we saw in that Bible reading, what took place? The miracle took place that child that was in or that young man that was in the coffin, he was raised to life. A miracle, incredible. And everyone rejoiced and praised God. Without a doubt, love was central. I hope you've seen a bit of a theme here over the actions of Jesus, that love is taking place. And some other things. Jesus weeps over Jerusalem. Uh, At least three times throughout the Bible, it's recorded that Jesus is there crying outside Jerusalem, weeping over their situation. Why was he weeping? Because they had rejected God. He felt the pain that they had hard hearts towards God and that they had turned away. These were supposed to be God's people. Jesus' heart was moved to cry for them. This was an act of love. Jesus wanted them to find God. He wanted them to change and to to find this truth. He wanted them to find life in God, not to perish. And so he was crying. 
You might say, well, I've got a curly one for you, David. Love, was it really central when Jesus pulled that whip out and started to hack away or smash away at those tables uh, and all that was taking place and clearing the temple? Those scenes where Jesus was turning those money-changing tables over at the temple? Could we say love was central to this scene? I think this one's a bit harder, isn't it? Got to think about it. What do you think? Sharon's nodding your head. Do you think there's love involved in this? Yeah, because what was the deep problem? What was going wrong in the temple? Yeah, they were ripping people off in God's temple. What's God's temple for? Worship. And here there are people trying to rip people off for money at the temple. You can understand why Jesus got angry. If someone was here peddling to sell goods and make lots of money here, ripping people off, I think I'd get pretty angry too. Um, You might too. This is a place for worship, not for for money. And Jesus was moved that day for justice in a powerful way. Because he wanted the truth to be found at the temple. He didn't want people to be corrupted. And part of the picture here is that People were supposed to bring their own animals for the animal sacrifice, but they were telling them, no, no, your animals aren't good enough. Leave them at home. You have to buy our special animals, the pure ones that we've specially raised just for this purpose. And so the corruption was deep and Jesus was there. So we think through this, these different pictures of Jesus' life and his actions, what he was doing And without a doubt, I would argue quite firmly that love was central to everything Jesus did. Every single action that Jesus undertook was perfect and full of love. And of course, as we stop to think about perfect love, we cast our minds to the cross. Love and Jesus comes shown to this world through the cross. This innocent man, Jesus, who was doing wonderful things for God, put to death by some cruel Romans, those Jewish people who had turned against him, ordering his death, and yet love was being shown this incredible scene. That's why we say the cross equals love. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 10 to 12, we read these words, This is love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an intoning sacrifice for our sins. God loved us and so He gave us the gift of Jesus. Remarkable grace, love, kindness to us so that we could be forgiven and to know God. What an act of love. But the challenge goes to us from there, from verse 11 Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. That challenge that as we receive God's love, we're to show love to others. Central to this whole topic of love is God is always full of love. And as we receive that and let that sink into us, we're to show love to people around us. John 15, 12 to 13, we did this at youth group for those uh, uh, here. here. 
My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for his friends. These are words from Jesus himself. He knew what great love was. It was to give, to give greatly, sacrificial love. And Jesus, of course, gives so much of himself, not even to friends on the cross, to people who were insulting him and their enemies. The incredible love of Jesus to come to us so that then we could be called friends. We could be called his brothers and sisters. So on the cross, we see that love is lived out. That act of Jesus on that cross, it's an incredible love, a sacrificial love, a powerful love, a perfect love. We might get put off by the brutality of the cross. And as we read through the accounts, there is a lot of brutality, all the the whippings that he experiences and all the, the physical pain, the blood that is spilt. It's not a pretty scene. And yet he was doing that out of love to rescue us, to show love to this world, an incredible act like no other. The cross stands unique in human history about what was accomplished and it cries out the love of God to us. So, that question once again, everything that Jesus did was love central. What would you say? Yes, yes. Love was involved in every action of Jesus. And so then comes the challenge, as we've already mentioned to us, to grow in love. Wow. Imagine this. Would you say that your love was like this? I love like Jesus. As you look over your life, would you say that these are words that I would put against my name? Here's David. I love like Jesus. I would like to say yes, but my brokenness comes through at times and it's not always true. It's my vision, it's my aim and I hope it's all of our aims to grow in love, to have a love like that of Jesus because that's our future, that's what we've been talking about. The things of God last forever, love lasts forever in heaven, it's going to be perfect love amongst us, truly giving of, each, of ourselves to build others up. And so an aim in life for us, a central aim, is for us to grow in love. For us to aim for that, to, to work towards it. To make choices each week, each day, to try to grow in love. A mighty challenge for us. Particularly when it's sacrificial love. When we're giving up material things, when we're giving up our time, when we're giving up this stuff grow in love a a mighty challenge for us but one i hope that we can embrace this week can we do that can we have a go at growing in love this has been a theme for about four weeks and i hope that it's just central to our thoughts that we're starting to think about things can i be loving in this situation love like jesus because as we saw love is not only those thoughts and, and feelings and good goodwill towards people it's also about our actions it's the doing that we do that needs to include love let's pray 
Our Lord God, we thank you so much for the example of Jesus. We thank you for the inspiring stories we read about Jesus where he was full of love, moved by compassion, saw the need and he acted, Lord. Help us to be moved by the needs around us. Lord, to, to be drawn by your love closer to you and Lord, to show love to others. We pray, Lord, that you will help us in life to, to love and to remember your goodness each day. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going